Hello, and welcome to the Commander Theory Podcast. I'm Nick Beatman, and I'm here with my friend, Zach Kmack. Hello, theorists. So, uh, as we were prepping the, the, the many, many episodes we had about Baldur's Gate, we noticed that some of the deck lists we were coming up with were just naturally very cheap, um, very easy to build, uh, not really too onerous on your wallet. So we wanted to take a quick episode just to go over some of these lists that stood out to us as really good budget options. If you wanted to, to dip your toe into a couple of these decks, it's not going to be a huge investment for you. Uh, a lot of them, as you'll see, require cards that just generally aren't in high demand in Commander. So it seems like a, a good place to look if you want to maybe build a loner deck or dip your, your toe into some of these new Commanders. So we're going to be going over all of those. But before we jump in, I want to briefly talk about our Patreon. If you head on over to patreon.com slash theory, you can support the show and get sweet benefits for as little as $1 a month. If you aren't ready to be a patron yet, you can help us out by rating or reviewing us wherever you get your podcasts. And also, uh, I just want to throw this out there. You may notice in starting in this episode, uh, it's it's possible that you will have some ads. Probably not too many, but um, I don't think they're going to take up too much of the show length. But just be aware that we are working with um, Buzzsprout, our our hosting service for our podcast to insert some ads that we think are relevant to your interests. Uh, we have approval or we have the power to approve or reject any ad that they suggest to us. And we're trying to pick ones that we think uh, you all could potentially be interested in. So just be aware that that's coming and thank you all for continuing to support the show and potentially support some of our sponsors. All right. With that, Zach, do you want to launch us into the first of these budget builds? Yeah. So you're going to note some names repeated today, and it's because uh, they use a suite of cards that are just not very expensive. And mm -hmm. uh, this first one that we're going to be talking about today is uh, Lazel Vlacketh's Champion with Candlekeep Sage. Um. So this is going to be a white-blue deck. I'm going to read off the commanders real quick just so that you remember because there's so many cards thrown at you over the last few weeks. Um, Lazel is a 3-3 Gith Warrior for two and a white. They have, if you would put one or more counters on a creature or planeswalker you control or on yourself, put that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead, and then they can choose a background. And the background in this case is Candlekeep Sage. This is a three mana enchantment uh, background. It costs two and a blue, so three mana value. It says commander creatures you own have when this creature enters or leaves the battlefield, draw a card. So uh, you can kind of maybe see where some of this is coming into play. Um, Nick, do you want to get into some some of the uh, tech, the nitty gritty, like why, why this pair? Yes, uh, but before I do, I just want to really briefly give sort of the headline on this deck which is that outside of the mana base uh this deck puts costs about 90 dollars to put together um so incredibly low by the standards of modern commander um mm -hmm. and and you'll see why in just a second so and i do uh, i'm gonna actually, be honest 
Can I, can I actually uh, uh, feather off of that point that you just said? Um, so one of the things with the mana bases in these decks is just mostly for time's sake um, is Nick and me have like a like copy paste for the color <laughs> uh, for <laughs> decks that we use because there's like so many decks that we end up making um, and those are used here. So like if you look at the deck list, you will notice that the entire cost of the deck on Architect or whatever uh, thing you might import your deck to is in the lands. So that would be the uh, the one place where you can flavor to taste. Like if you spend the 80, 90 bucks on the other cards in the deck, you can also do the same. You can use budget build for the land base of the deck as well. So that's that's the caveat for all of these decks is all of these decks are... Um, you can make budget incredibly easily by just cutting like the expensive lands. <laughs> so, yeah, the rest of the deck is incredibly cheap. And uh, yeah, so what what's going on? What else is is going on here? Yeah, so uh, I'll, I'll state right off the bat that Lazel was chosen purely because it's the white chooser with the lowest mana cost, and there's. A couple others that cost three, so it's it's really up to you. You can use like uh, Rasad in Bashir, or I think there's one or two others. But really, like yeah. as long as your chooser is white and is cheap, it doesn't particularly matter who they are. Um, so and and so like if you wanted to tweak this deck a little bit, you could maybe try to uh, get a little advantage off of the fact that your commander is Lazel, or maybe there's a reason you'd want like Rasad or, or one of the others, but really candle keep sage plus white color identity is really what we're trying to go for here. Um, and so candle keep sage, uh, it synergizes incredibly well with any blink effect. So because your commander draws cards, both on the way in and the way out, then something like a cloud shift is a single mana draw two cards, which is a very, very good rate. Um, so the, the deck is chock full of effects like that. It also has a pretty strong cycling theme because uh, one of the ways the deck is able to sort of stretch out its cards and get more blinks um, is by running Astral Drift, Astral Slide, and Escape Protocol. These three build around enchantments that let you blink things when you cycle cards. So by by running a bunch of cyclers, you draw a card from the, the actual cycling ability. You draw a card when Lazel leaves the battlefield from your, your Astral Drift or astral, or astral Slide. And then you draw a card when Lazel returns to the battlefield. So for one mana, you can draw three cards. <laughs> uh <laughs> So the the rate of card draw in this deck is is crazy good. Um, you get to churn through your deck really quickly, and when you're drawing that many cards for that little mana, it's really easy to find more blink effects or more cyclers, um, and just really keep the train going. And of course, like you're on color for some other good blink engines if you want to run like you know Soul Herder or Thassa Deep Dwelling or Teleportation Circle. Um, you're also on color for some pretty good creatures with ETB effects. So blinking like a Skyclave Apparition, um, yeah, it won't draw you two cards, but it will help you answer things on the board. So uh, because this deck is running like 
crappy cyclers and like crappy common blink effects, there's just not really any money anywhere (laughs) in the deck. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And even if you wanted to like beef it up with like more win conditions. So like, let's say you were, you were uh, feeling like you want to put like, what's the second sun approach approach of the second sun. Yeah. I mean, that's going to run you up like what, like a few, like a dollar (laughs) it is not not an expensive car they've reprinted it like one million times for some reason ever since it was printed if if you want to put in like other win conditions there's so many things especially in like white and blue that like don't cost that much if you want to put in any other draw spells that you really like like let's say you just have a ristic study like that's not bad (laughs) here you know it's always going to be good so this deck isn't incredibly like morphable because the core play that you're you're like messing with is incredibly efficient so you can kind of yeah. put in to taste what you want the deck to do as long as you have the main like blink engines going on um and, and the cycling and- is also pretty pretty rad too <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah and there are there definitely is some room to add money to the deck um you can add so this deck currently isn't running Enlightened Tutor, but that'll be another way to help you find some of your your cycling engines. Um, you can there are some blink effects that are kind of outside the scope of this deck's budget. So if you wanted to put in like a Solitude or a Spellseeker, Spellseeker in particular is really good in this deck because you know you play your your blink effect, you blink the Spellseeker, Spellseeker goes and gets your ephemerate or your essence flux and you just keep going through your deck um so lots of uh, lots of good opportunities if you happen to have these cards lying around or you want to upgrade this deck you find you know you spend the 90 dollars to buy it and then find that you really enjoy it want to add a little bit more money to it there's some good options for for growth and and upgrading yeah so this I think is a pretty good uh, example of like what a cool budget list really like fits into. Like you're looking at, um, or how am I trying to say this better? This is an example of an easy way to see like how a budget commander might be like easily achievable, I guess. Like the, the concept is blink. There's a million blink cards. And between these two, you can, kind of create this engine between the Candlekeep, Sage, and your commander. Um, so everything else in the list is just like like gravy <laughs> mm-hmm. as soon as you get the thing going. So it's really looking for like either archetypes that are so well supported that there's like an incredible like boon of cards available to you or like um or cards that are so specialized that like people don't tend to play with them, say like cycling you know like cycling cards like even though there are cycling commanders at this point like they're still not crazy popular (laughs) Mm -hmm. still not a thing a lot of people are like clamoring to do um it's pretty flavor agnostic you know like cycling what does that actually mean like it doesn't really mean much from like a flavor perspective so and now it's deciduous Mm -hmm. so we'll be seeing seeing it even more often yeah, which is which is great. So um, I think, let's see, we got th- this was the intro one that, that we're gonna have some 
like I said, come up a few times. So this isn't the last we'll see Lazal today. But do you want to get into? Um, we got a two for for our next one. Um, yes. Uh, so one of them uh, we've covered kind of exhaustively in the set review. Um, so I'm not going to spend too much time on it. But we have two lists here for John Arenicus Shattered One. Uh, so John Arenicus Shattered One is two blue black for a three three legendary creature elf wizard. At the beginning of your end step, target opponent gains control of up to one target creature you control. Put two plus almost one counters on it and tap it. It's goaded for the rest of the game, and it gains this creature can't be sacrificed. And then whenever a creature you own but don't control attacks, you draw a card. So the version of the deck that we covered in the set review is all about tying the game. You run island home creatures and you give one to an opponent who doesn't have any islands, uh, and then the, their abilities keep trying to make the, the controller sacrifice them, but John Arenicus removing that ability to sacrifice it just ends up creating a loop that goes on forever, and it will draw the game if nobody's able to interrupt it with a kill spell. So that version of the deck, like I said, we covered it exhaustively. I'll just say that uh, it's... The the non-land cards in the deck are $160 because it's it's kind of just good cards in blue and black and then these terrible island home creatures serving as your win conditions, quote unquote. <laughs> um, but the other version of the deck is one we didn't cover in the set review, uh, and that is one that sort of plays out more like a, a Zedru the Great Hearted type list or i guess a, a blim comedic genius so in this version of the deck you're just giving away creatures that are terrible to have under your control um so you're giving away things like steel golem uh so that your opponents when you you know the, the new controller of the steel golem can't cast creature spells or you're giving away like a plague reaver where at the beginning of your end step you sacrifice each other creature you control well if if your opponent has to deal with that they're sure they're gonna have a really fun time um and there's just a bunch of other effects like that in black there's there's just a lot of black creatures that punish you terribly um and most of them have some sort of clause that's intended to give you a way out like some way to sacrifice them but because John Irenicus prevents the prevents the like controller of this creature from sacrificing it, there's not an easy way out of like owning a greater harvester. Like you can't sacrifice your greater harvester to itself to get out of having to sacrifice permanence every turn. So you're just gonna have to live with it. Or, or similarly, like desecration elemental is a really nasty one. This is three and a black for an 8-8 elemental with fear. Whenever a player plays a spell, sacrifice a creature. So if you can't sacrifice the desecration elemental itself, you uh, just can't have any other creatures on the board. So there's a, a lot of creatures like that. And because they are generally quite bad, the overall cost of the deck is extremely low. Uh, <laughs> outside of the mana base, this deck costs about $145 to put together. In, in both versions, you'll see can be made super easy. Like the 
the ramp that you're playing with, the artifacts, they've either been reprinted a million times, so you you can just pick up the pieces really cheaply, or there's like a million options at this point. So as they keep printing mana rocks and mana rocks that do different things, and we see like three mana mana rocks specific for commanders or whatever, um, that's going to get cheaper, which is going to be really nice. Uh, and then like your seasonings, your interaction and whatnot, like unless it's like a singular interaction spell that doesn't do anything, like nothing comes close, like an assassin's trophy. Like if you just need counter spells, like, well, there's a million of those. <laughs> so, and there's a million that cost two. I have to like figure out which counter spells I want to put into my decks with counter spells pretty much every time. Like, is this going to be a muddle to mixture deck? Is, am I going to play delay in this deck? Like how many colors am I running? Like, um, and all those cards are dirt cheap at this point. So, um, I think the the meme version of the deck is very good. It's really crazy how consistently I, I feel like I can, it can go off, and you can just tie the game. Um, but do we want to want to keep on moving and keep on talking about? Yeah, about, I think uh, we can uh, move on to the next one. Yeah. Uh, so this next one is Thrakus the Butcher. It is three red green for a three four legendary creature dragon peasant with trample. Whenever Thrakus attacks, double the power of each dragon you control until end of turn. Um, so as we mentioned during the set review, this is something that uh, yeah, it, it looks like it wants you to run a bunch of dragons, but really the most efficient way to to run this guy is just to play it as a Voltron deck because it takes so little effort to turn him into you know 24 damage or something like if you um really if you giant growth him and give him double strike that's all you need right there yeah so that's kind of the path of least resistance um and fortunately like giant growth is not an expensive magic card uh in in fact many of the things you're going to want to put in this deck um, just the double strike graners and the pump effects are all just wildly cheap. <laughs> so outside of the mana base, uh, this deck is around $140 to put together. And this was not even me trying particularly hard to like depress the cost. Yeah, yeah, you weren't like actively trying to like, oh, well, I'll pick this cheaper option over the more expensive one. Like, no, like, this is with, like, a Birds of Paradise in the deck. Like, mm-hmm. like this is just how cheap all of the cards are. Yeah, there's a Bloom Tender in here. Like, I didn't try at all. <laughs> yeah, and it still so ended up crazy. Yeah. Uh, so this is a, a fantastic option if you uh, want to just put together a quick Voltron deck. If you've got a little bit of store credit lying around and you're down to blow it on some like built to smashes and ground swells and invigorates then this whole i mean this really seems like i mean there is acceleration in this color identity you could just be swinging for lethal on like turn four or five without much difficulty at all it seems like so it was we had a friend who um had an Atarka world render list that basically has the same trigger um it's uh, Atarka is a a 6/4 flying trample dragon for 7 mana 5 red green 
that says whenever a dragon you control attacks against double strike until end of turn. So this is the Fate Reforged Atarka. Um, and that deck was very good. It basically did what this deck does. Uh, <laughs> you play your commander and you probably give it haste because it's turn seven. You had a lot of time to set up and ramp and whatnot. And uh, you hopefully kill somebody. Mm-hmm. Um, and Thrakus is basically just Atarka, but comes down two turns sooner. So it's it's pretty good. It's a, I mean, you have to put in a little bit more work to get the noob tube. Starting with six is a little bit easier than starting with three. But like when you're doubling, like it's not not that hard <laughs> to yeah. pull off. And then um, this, it is fun to get to play with a bunch of like jank cards that are sitting just in your binder because you, you get to play with a lot of the typical green red stuff you get to play with your like mana dorks but you also get to play with some fun ones like whisper of the wilds which will make like two green if you control a creature with power four or greater um but you're playing with like all of those kind of guys the elysian caryatids which kind of does the same thing um generator servant is one of like me and nick's favorites it's a two one for one and a red that says tap, sacrifice it, add two generic to your mana. Uh, and if it's spent to cast a creature, the creature has haste. So just a great way to really get smashing really fast. And then like, I cannot tell you how many like drafts I've had where like, I'm just sitting there looking at like a pile of like infuriates and like reckless charges. And I'm <laughs> like, well, I'm never going to play you again. <laughs> like, it's just not going to happen. Well, if you play Thrakus, it absolutely can because these like really they're like fine for limited, you know, but like pretty bad pump spells. All of a sudden you have like a place for them. Um, and that's not something many commanders are looking for, you know, like I think the most expensive spell isn't anymore. The most expensive pump spell used to be might of old Krosa, but they've reprinted it a few times. So I'm, I'm trying to actually find what the most expensive pump spell is at this point. Um, uh, I would guess Berserk. Oh, is Berserk here? Well, there you it's go. Not in, it, oh, yeah. Oh, not, no, yeah, not that's in, not, not even in here. So, not yeah. in the list. Sorry, I thought this, that was just a uh, yeah, what it is. No, question. No, <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely you could put Berserk in here and it would do great for you. But I can't even find a single pump spell on this list that costs like more than a dollar i guess vines of vastwood <laughs> like like they're yeah. all pretty cheap at this point so you um oh the the other tech that's really funny um that is kind of typically relegated to like infect is invigorate so invigorate is three mana for an instant that gives target creature plus four plus four until end of turn but if you control a forest you can have an opponent gain three life instead but it doesn't matter if they gain three regular life if you deal 21 commander damage so that's one of the cooler cuter uh things to do with this list and that card also is like 20 cents so mm-hmm. <laughs> definitely uh definitely a fun cool take on gruel and gruel in general i feel like enjoys this play style <laughs> of just like smash big pass and oh, absolutely! Th- yeah. Then the table has to just kind of be like, "Oh, what the, what happened? <laughs> what was that?" Um, so yeah, I I really like this guy. I think if you enjoy gruel gameplay, you'll like this guy. And and I think 
I've talked for too long. Do you want to get into the the next list? Yes. Uh, so next we have another Lazel list, although this is one in which she actually matters. Yeah. <laughs> um, so this is uh, Lazel and MasterChef. So MasterChef is two and a green for a legendary enchantment background. Commander creatures you own have this creature enters the battlefield with an additional plus and plus one counter on it and other creatures you control enter the battlefield with an additional plus and plus one counter on them. So when combined with uh, Lazel's ability to add, uh, you know, that many counters plus one whenever you put a counter on something, uh, it to, together these two have a lot of natural synergy. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And so this is a, a fantastic pair if you're trying to do green, white, plus and plus one counters. And uh, the nice thing about this archetype is that the cards are generally pretty cheap uh outside of the mana base this whole list is going to run you like maybe 130 dollars um and again that's without trying particularly hard to to depress that that cost um there's just so many things like for, for starters they've explored this theme a lot in other pre-cons in a lot of sets so there's been good reprints of many of the staple cards. Um, and also just they've given you many, many options over the years. So it's it's not too hard to pull something together. You you may even own already some of these cards, but it's just really not too difficult to put something together. And after goldfishing with the list, it really does create some extremely threatening board states very early in the game yeah yeah no because the one of the things that like i always ran into trying to like years ago making like plus one plus one counter lists is i was always like looking for like ways to easily put the counters on creatures and like the easiest ways back at the time when i was looking at this were like things like ridge scale tusker which is like a five five for five it's a three and two green that when it enters, you put a plus one plus one counter on each other creature. But we've come a long way in regards to like having cards that put counters on your things easily and like quickly. And there's a lot of cards that just kind of naturally will have cards or will have counters on them. There's a lot of cards now that go wide like that. They'll put a plus one plus one counter on a bunch of creatures. Uh, and then just your commander choice in this instance the lazel and the master chef like it's like turn four or whatever that you're getting started and you're in white green so you have ramp we're like putting elvish mystics and whatnot in the deck too to keep going really fast and so all these things combined all of a sudden you play an elvish mystic turn one you play like a master chef turn two you play like lazel turn three with something else all of a sudden the the, the board's huge <laughs> like, like there's no it, you're taking off really quickly so this deck takes advantage of a lot of the go wide like survival cards but not even like the expensive ones like uh, we just got your temple is under attack from the latest set the unbreakable formation is still good here all of those protect your board cards are very good here um so yeah i don't know it's it's you'll be hitting really hard really quickly and you won't even be playing any card that's like particularly remarkable if that makes sense like it's not like Mm. you're you're playing like 
cards that are known powerhouses in Commander, you're just going to be like putting down like a hopeful initiate and like a grateful apparition and all of a sudden you're killing somebody (laughs) like it's it's pretty crazy so um i also like how the deck runs a lot of like common and uncommon chaff so uh, i was talking about things that put counters on a lot of things well like relief captain which was reprinted in some set but i think it was from the battle for zendikar one of those Ones, whatever is in uh, the the one after that of the gate watch. Oh, I think that's the where they watch. introduced support. Yeah, yeah. It, it's just a support card. It's just a three two for four, but it supports three. And you know what? That's enough for this deck because it's going to enter as a four three or a five four, and it's going to put like three two two or three no three plus one plus one counters on your whole board if both your commanders are out. So mm-hmm. one card. And your board is basically like an overrun that sticks around forever. So really cool. Uh, I think the gameplay is really fun. I think if you uh, like decks that have like an additive play style, this is a great like way to play it. And like Nick said, he, he didn't really try super hard. Like there's a branching evolution in this deck. And that card has been, what, like $15 for forever? It was, yeah, first brand. Um, and so if you, let's say you want to save even more money, you just cut out the branching evolution, put in some of the other instants or sorceries or enchantments that have been printed for this archetype over the years and just have a blast. So I think this is a really fun deck. And it's one that I, I was talking to Nick before we even started recording that I've been like thinking about making myself. <laughs> so mm-hmm. definitely uh, highly recommended. For sure. All right. Uh, we've got another MasterChef build coming up. Yeah, this one's so fun. Yeah, so this is one uh, we hinted at during our set review. Um, so this is Master Chief, or Master Chief, this is Master Chef uh, <laughs> when combined with Val Candlekeep Researcher. So Val is three and a blue for a 2-3 legendary creature human wizard with vigilance, and she taps to add amount of colorless equal to Val's toughness. This mana can't be spent to cast spells from your hand. And she has choose a background. So, uh, as we mentioned in the set review, if you can increase Val's toughness from her printed uh, three to four, then she goes infinite with Umbral Mantle, Sword of the Parans, uh, mm-hmm. and just generates infinite colorless mana that can't be cast on spells. Or, sorry, can't be used to cast spells. So, uh, this budget list is all about just trying to assemble that combo as easily as possible and then figuring out what to do with the infinite mana once you've got it together Mm -hmm. um so another very cheap list this whole deck is or rather outside the mana base it's probably going to run you maybe 175 um but there there's room for shaving off a a couple dollars here and there um, Absolutely. Yeah, but definitely like a list that is kind of just running like a lot of common value stuff in green blue. So you can interact with your opponents and um, like ramp a little bit in the turns leading up to your combo. 
So, you know, it's got the the common mana dorks, it's got the common counter spells. It has a lot of cards with cycling just because it's a, mm-hmm. a good outlet for Val's mana. It'll help you kind of churn through your deck and, and dig until you find like a tutor or one of your combo pieces. Yeah, I think the cycling is one of the coolest things about this deck because the there's just so much of it at this point and all of it is pretty good and it also makes like um certain like like specific types of cycling which we don't have too much of at this point but like step through or vidalcan ether mage uh have wizard cycling that's very powerful if you can go okay well i'm going to get my wizard uh to like complete this this uh thing and maybe that is like a stonework pack beast you know which is um the two one for two generic it's the artifact creature beast but it's a cleric rogue wizard and warrior and it can filter your mana <laughs> well then you just have regular mana it, you just you did it right there so you tutored for your wizard you got your regular mana and game's over <laughs> at that point yeah we're it's uh it's very convenient that there's a lot of wizards that are can sort of help you get to the win once you've got your your val combo assembled Mm -hmm. or even like or even just assembling the combo like if you cycle your vidalcan ether mage to go find a trophy mage trophy mage can go then and then go and get your umbral mantle and you've got the win from there or if you've Mm -hmm. already got it assembled then your wizard cycling stuff can get you like a thrasios um to just dig through your library until you get a real win condition so mm-hmm. a lot of options out there for um, powerful wizards that'll help you kind of at any stage of the game. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and same with um, with like the uh, Trinket Mage. You could get a Walking Ballista or um, a classic, at least in our playgroup, win condition of Magma Mine, which is a one-mana artifact that has four, put a pressure counter on it, and it says tap, sacrifice it, deals one damage to target creature or player for each pressure counter on it. So that's a pretty funny one. Uh, if you can somehow loop Magma Mine, it's funny. If you just want to kill one person, it's funny. Um, definitely a silly thing. Um, it has, you can like utilize clues too. There's a trail of evidence in this deck and there's a lot of instants and sorceries. Um, so you end up generating a lot of value that way. Because cracking Clues is pretty trivial when you're tapping for like four generic uh, that you can pretty much only spend to pop the clues off. Um, and then the other thing that's really funny about this deck is that Val specifically mentions spells cast from your hand. So if you're casting a spell but not from your hand, say with Retrace, uh, you're good. You're in the clear. So like stuff like Spitting Image, Una's Grace, um, you can just kind of keep casting as long as you have enough lands to pitch to the uh, the um, Retrace. So... There's a lot of funny things, a lot of cool cards in this list, and um, it's it's pretty fun. Uh, it is a definitely a green blue combo list, but it's a green blue combo list that you can build for like a hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I, I think that's something to take note of. Like you don't need to have these expensive cards to make something that's just incredibly powerful. You're you're not like going to feel too much heat like this might not be cedh compatible or something like that but if you're sitting at some like pretty competitive casual tables your friends like like to put force of wills in their deck and whatnot then like this is gonna be pretty pretty well on par i would say like 
honestly, this is it's pretty strong. <laughs> oh, definitely. Yeah, it seems like a fun one. Yeah, let's move on to the the last uh uh I guess we have one more green blue deck for you. And this this is not a uh chooser pair. This is a one guy in particular. Yes, uh we spent a bit of time talking about this during the set review. Um so this is going to be more of a highlight, but this uh commander for this one is Alondo the Seer. It is 2 green blue for a 3/5 legendary creature human shaman. He has tap, draw a card, then exile a card from your hand and put a number of time counters on it equal to its mana value. It gains when the last time counter is removed from this card. If it's exiled, you may cast it without paying its mana cost. If you cast a creature spell this way, it gains haste until end of turn. Then remove a time counter from each other card you own in exile. So uh, this list comes to us from Alex Whiteclay, friend of the show, and big supporter during uh the Baldur's Gate preview season. Um but as I mentioned during the set review, this list is largely a bunch of cards that just untap your commander. Um because the way this this kind of works is with Alondo the Seer, if you you know tap him and draw a card and then essentially suspend like a, a Cerulean Wisps or something, then when that wisps comes off of exile you get to untap alondo do the same thing you draw a card every single time so you get to just kind of keep going keep like putting more untap effects in exile um there's ways to double up so you're less likely to fizzle you know if you've got like a nalhammeret's archive or teferi's ageless insight where you're drawing more than one card per activation um that works really well. You can also copy your commander uh, with uh, something like a Sakashima of, of the Imposter or Sakashima of Thousand Faces. Just get more things going. Un- like creatures that can untap other creatures also work well. Uh, like because your your Seeker of Skybreak or whatever your Afedo Alchemist is going to have haste thanks to Alondo, you can also use those to untap your commander and keep the combo going. So. All these cards I've mentioned so far are not especially expensive, considering like nobody really wants to run these these crappy instants that untap a creature yeah. in yeah. Commander. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna ask you like, so I mentioned this with Thrakus, like how many times you finish a draft and like just looked at the what was left over and been like, hmm, never see you again. But like this deck like how many cards in this deck do you feel like fit that category i feel like it's more <laughs> than in oh, yeah. even like uh, which is webs stony's strengths uh, it's got to be like half the list easily. yeah yeah so yeah. many of them it's crazy so definitely recommend this deck uh we'll have all of these lists posted in the episode description if you want to check them out uh try them for yourself but Please let us know how these play out for you, uh, how they how they fare in your metagame, and what kinds of ways you uh, like to add money to the deck. Like, what have been the best investments for you in terms of upgrading these lists? Really excited to see how these fare in the wild. Mm-hmm. And I I want to mention, or I want to I want to ask you one thing here at the end after looking at all the lists and after talking about all the lists. Um, like when you are like when you are doing 
these kind of shows, like looking for commanders, like we, we talked about it a little bit earlier, but what, what is your process? Like, do you just kind of like, were you making a Londo and then you went, oh, oh I guess that this is for, for Alex, but the, uh, when you were making Val, were you, were you just building the deck and then you're like, oh, wow, this is budget? Or were you planning the decks to be budget? How did that go for you? What was that process like? It's, it's more like um, when I'm putting decks together, anytime I notice like, huh, that I'm sure running a lot of weird cards in this deck, or I really don't have a lot of room for staples in this list, um, those are kind of my triggers to be like, oh, how easily could this just be a, an ultra budget list? Because um, there's certainly some decks out there that just kind of want you to do more of the things you wanted to do already and those don't end up being particularly cheap um like Mirkul, one of the the dead gods from from baldur's gate uh that deck just wants you to put a bunch of like useful creatures in your list and those useful creatures go into a lot of other decks so it's it's not super easy to uh, do that in a cheap manner like without even trying the decking ended up being over a thousand dollars yeah <laughs> um but then there you've got a list like alondo or like val um well alondo more than val but it's just yeah <laughs> i've I'm, I'm putting cards in this deck that i've never seen before like i have not thought about emerald charm in about 15 <laughs> years <laughs> yeah um so that's really what um, triggers me to to figure out like, oh, what are the expensive cards in this list? How essential are they? And what can I do to drop this down? And so it's like reasonably budget range. Mm-hmm. And kind of on that note too, um, just to get one last little nugget in, because I, I think that's pretty good like nugget of wisdom there too is um, when it comes to lands, like how, what are like your opinions on budget mana bases do you uh like i'm of the opinion now that like you can make a pretty budget mana base without having every land be a tap land or like a guild gate or something like that but how do you feel about mana bases mana bases now um are there lands that even on a budget you'd try and stay away from any advice in that kind of department yeah it is um it's really unfortunate, but a lot of the lands that tap for mana of any color, like City of Brass or Mana Confluenced or especially Tarnished Citadel, all used to be, well, like Tarnished Citadel used to be like a dollar or two. Yeah, it was very City cheap. Brass and Mana Confluence. There was a long time where they were hovering at around $5. Um, but those just like gold lands aren't really affordable anymore. They're they're all in like the the twenty five to thirty dollar range at the moment. So really, I would just try to focus on lands that um, are specific to your color identity because they're going to end up being a lot cheaper for you. Mm-hmm. It is a little bit unfortunate because they don't transfer as well. Like you can't just you know, whereas you can pull a city of brass out of any deck that you're deconstructing and toss it in anywhere else. Like you got to be your Yavimaya Coast has to go and do another green blue deck, but I mean that's just kind of the trade offs of building decks in Commander. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, what about you? What are your tips for building budget mana bases? Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. Um, I think that for the most part, what I would recommend for people is to try and put some kind of theme into the mana base uh, because then you're not like being punished for playing lands that are worse. Um, so for instance, uh, if you have some creatures with landfall or something like that, then Terramorphic Expanse isn't that much of a punishing uh, card for you. Like, yeah, it is basically an enter tap land, but it's also two landfall triggers. And there are a ton of Terramorphic Expanses and Evolving Wilds at this point. So you'll be able to... Oh, like yeah, especially with the, the cycle in Streets of Nukapenna. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So you can fix your mana and not feel super bad about that. And now with gates, we have even more options with those too. Um, if you have cards that care about gates, like the honestly, like the red sweeper, if you're playing like a three color deck and you have all gates the gates, ablaze. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. gates ablaze, like that's pretty good. And and the the blue enchantment that draws cards when you play gates, like there's a few things that make it kind of worth it. Um, so I would look at that cycling. Um, always kind of puts a few cards into your mana base. Uh, just because you want those cycling lands and you want pretty much all of them and they're all pretty cheap. Um, so yeah, they do enter tapped, uh, but like when your deck is going, they make sure your deck is like really going. They really fill in that space that you kind of need for the late game. So that's something that I've always looked towards when I was making budget lists so that like kind of justify the reason why I'm playing like maybe tap lands or something like that. And then the other thing is that um, pre-cons these days, like especially the, within this last like six months or so, have been a lot better with the mana bases. Uh, it used to be that like you, it was pretty clunky, and if you played with your friends, you might like maybe like two out of five games you're sitting there trying to just get your stuff together while everyone else is kind of doing what they want because your mana is pretty bad. It, it was pretty often that I found myself like maybe two or three years ago playing a pre-con commander and just someone at the table is screwed because like mm-hmm. the pre-con game just wasn't like the deck wasn't tuned in regards to mana which is one of the reasons I've always said that like they need to make the mana bases better like not even just for reprint equity but just for like the sake of playing the game like out of the box and I think they've really done that now. Like, there's some things that I don't like, um, like the Signet Lands and stuff like that from um, Odyssey Block that they just reprint basically in every one now. Um, but they're all cheap and they're all good. And you could basically take any precon from the last like six, eight months and just put a new commander at the helm with the same color identity and it would work pretty well for you. You don't really have to spend that much more money. So those would be things that I would say as as people who are looking to um, make lots of decks, but try to do it on a budget. Um, mana is uh, always going to be a limiting factor. <laughs> yeah, I've got one more nugget of wisdom related to budget mana bases, and this is uh, coming to us from Alex Whiteclay. Really, he's been advocating for this, um, but not all tap lands are created equal. Um, so ones that just come in with, a, especially like in three color identities, three or more colors. Um, so things that like just come into play tapped and add one of two set colors uh, 
you don't really have to settle for that anymore. We've gotten the thriving lands in Jumpstart mm-hmm. and now the the new cycle of gates from Baldur's Gate that, okay, one of these colors is locked, but then the other one you get to choose based on whatever you need at the time. And that is just a lot more flexibility and utility than we've gotten in the past. Um, so really keep those in mind if you're trying to build a budget mana base in more than two colors, they're really going to do a lot of work for you. And of course, like there are, you know, as you mentioned, some gate synergies that make the the new Baldur's Gate one even better than than lands we've seen before. Like if mm. you've got a circuitous route, uh, being able to potentially fix four colors of mana off of circuitous route is insane. That's really yeah. really good. Um, so yeah, just keep that in mind. Um, there's we've gotten more tools than we've ever had before. So don't mm-hmm. try to make your, you know, 2017 budget mana base in modern times. Yeah. You have more options and that's a good thing. So let us know like your tips and tricks. If there's any budget cards that you basically want to shout out to the world, you're like, no, this is great. Like people should be playing more of this or, or whatever it is, your tips for mana bases. Um, and let us know what you think about this episode. There's just like a lot within Baldur's Gate. And honestly, like there's been a lot of chatter about reprints and whatnot, but that just means that you can pick up these cards really cheap right now. Nudge, nudge, wink, wink. So uh, get brewing, get building, have fun. And uh, I think that's that's it for today. Yeah. Uh, before we go, I want to give a brief thank you to our Patreon patrons. They are Gustav, Ryan, Addison, Rick, Raphael, Kyle, Laser, Charlotte, The White Clays, Hannah, Andy, James, Logan, Roger, Evan, Bryce, Dylan, Benjamin, Jamie, Matthew, Kyle, Brandon, Kevin, Jeremy, Russell, Dylan, John, Micah, Troy, Roxanne, Charles, D- Daniel, Andrew, Jason, Paul, Johan, Jonathan, Christian, Jim, Emmanuel, Andrea, Vasilios, Logan, Frugal, Brutal, Carl, Oscar, Danny B., Daniel, Ariel, Jean-Francois, Drew, and Recta. Thank you all for supporting the show. And if you're not currently a Patreon patron but would like to become one, please check us out at patreon.com slash commander theory. Thanks for listening. You can reach out to me on Twitter. I'm at commander theory. And on Twitter, I am at fat Bartleby. You can also email us at commander theory at gmail.com. Our theme song is Lincoln continental by Nick cage. You can check him out on SoundCloud. And if you're interested in some other creative products I'm working on, I have a band you can check out. We are a pink punk, pop punk band called The Have Nots, all one word like Cosmonauts. Uh, you can listen to all of our music for free right now. You can just head over to thehavenots.bandcamp.com. That is T-H-E-H-A-V-N-A-U-T-S.bandcamp.com. And check us out. Let me know what you think.